Welcome in, everybody out there. Do we have a great show for you this week? We talk college football week one, WWE, AEW talk, and we go over the entire NFC, give our predictions for the playoffs, who will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and some bowl predictions to go along with it. So strap in, turn up the volume, and get ready. This is Spinebuster Sports Presents. NFL, college football, fantasy football, and professional wrestling. This is Spinebuster Sports. Sports presents, and as always, our host, Pound Cake. Hey, everybody, it is Pound Cake back in the studio once again for another wonderful episode of Spinebuster Sports presents. It's been one hell of a week in uh, the sporting world. We had the first week of college football kickoff. Uh, we had some really big pro wrestling cards. Uh, WWE had Clash at the Castle in Wales. AEW had All Out in Chicago. We'll talk about all that stuff. And we will dive deep into the NFC this week. We'll go over our predictions for all the NFC uh, divisions. We'll run through... What, who our playoff teams will be for the NFC. I'll tell you who my pick is to go to the NFC for the Super Bowl. And just like last week, we'll have bold predictions uh, for the NFC as well. It's going to be one hell of an episode. And not to mention, we'll also have another great Detroit Tigers minute. Uh, first things first, as always, we are sponsored by SkyMint Premium Cannabis of Portage. Go to SkyMint, mention that you listen to The Feast, even though this is Spinebuster Sports Presents, and receive 10% off your order. Uh, you must be 21 years or older to redeem. The offer is not stackable with other discounts and only available at SkyMint Premium Cannabis of Portage, Michigan. Make sure to tell them your boy Pound Cake from The Feast sent you. And enjoy some of those great products they have over there at Skyman. Uh, great people. I, I frequent there myself and enjoy everything I've uh, gotten a chance to try there. So head on out to Skyman Portage. Week one of the college football season kicked off this week, but before it really had a chance to kick off, we had some huge news coming from college football. Uh, the college football playoff committee had voted to expand the 12 teams, hopefully coming as soon as 2024, but more than likely coming around 2026 when this deal's up. Um, it's long past due. Ever since we went to four teams, everyone's been saying expand, 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 expand. And I couldn't agree more with this. I love it. Um, I think it would have uh, created a lot of interesting matchups for last year's college football playoff. And we're actually, I'm going to go through some of that right now. So if we ended up with a 12-team playoff last year, the first four seeds would have been all conference champions. It would have been Alabama number one, Michigan number two, Cincinnati number three, and Baylor number four. So the first round would have looked 
Uh, it would have been number five, Georgia, moving down because they did not win their conference, playing number 12, Pitt. Number six, Notre Dame would have played uh, the number 11 seed, Utah, the Pac-12 conference champions. Ohio State and Michigan State would have played, uh, had a rematch, number seven versus number 10. And then Ole Miss and Oklahoma State uh, would have been the 8-9 matchup. So um, the 8-9 Ole Miss-Oklahoma State matchup would have went on to face Bama. The Ohio State-Michigan State matchup would have went on to face Michigan. ND-Utah winner faces Cincinnati. And the Georgia Pitt winner would have faced Baylor. And I, you look at that, they're uh, going to spread it out over the bowl games, they say. But look at those potential matchups we could have had in the playoff. We could have ended up with a Notre Dame-Cincinnati rematch. And I think uh, being a Notre Dame fan, I think they would have came in with something big to prove. Perhaps getting their first win in a college football playoff, uh, which would have been just spectacular for Notre Dame. Um, Michigan would have ended up playing either Ohio State or Michigan State, which would have been extremely interesting considering... That game against Ohio State could have gotten a rematch, seeing uh, which team was actually the better team, which obviously it was Michigan last year, but Ohio State looked good to start the year this year. We'll get to that in just a minute. And But I think for the most part, it wouldn't have been much different. You could have seen Ohio State possibly beat Michigan. Um, the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game, if that if Notre Dame got past Utah, could have went either way. I think you would have seen Bama roll. You would have seen Georgia beat uh, Baylor. So we would have ended up probably with, uh, it would have been an interesting semifinal. It could have had a Notre Dame, Michigan semifinal, which would have been so amazing to see. And the Bama Georgia semifinal, which means maybe Georgia makes it to maybe Georgia wins the national championship. Maybe they don't, uh, hope, but like we said, in the next couple of years, we'll get to put this new system to the test and really see what it brings. Uh, but going back into uh, the week one of college football, the biggest news of the weekend was uh, OSU defeats Notre Dame 21-20, a very close game uh, until we got to the fourth quarter. I believe OSU was beating Notre Dame 14-10 going in the fourth quarter, and you really just saw the pure athleticism on this Ohio State team takeover in that fourth quarter. They were getting really good chunk yardage with every run, you know, four to five yards each run I saw in the fourth quarter. It's hard when a team's doing that. You just can't do anything to stop them. Every three runs, they're going to get a first down. And Notre Dame's defense just could not keep up with the athleticism that this Ohio State offense puts out. Um, but other than that, I was very happy with the way Notre Dame looked. They really came to play. It was a lot closer than most people thought. Notre Dame did cover the 17 and a half point spread, which was nice. And I think they showed a lot of people that they're not far off. You know, we put another Notre Dame puts another recruiting class like this, uh, one for next year that seems to be together, start stringing a couple of them along. Notre Dame could be one of these teams that could actually seriously challenge in Ohio state, a Georgia or an Alabama in the future, just as long as these coaches are doing their job and developing when they get these players to campus. Uh, in other news, we saw Georgia roll over number 11, Oregon, 49-3 to in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Uh, Georgia looked disgustingly good. Oregon's always been a good team, always comes to play, but they looked so flat in this game. Kind of makes me think that maybe the Pac-12 isn't as strong as they have been in years before. And Georgia looks ready to 
make another run for that national championship. Um, in other Pac-12 news, Utah was stunned by Florida, 29-26. Unranked Florida beats number seven Utah. Um, yeah, a one-yard touchdown run by Anthony Richardson with a minute and a half left is the difference maker. Puts Florida over the top. Anthony Richardson's a guy they're talking about a top 10 pick in the NFL draft as a quarterback next year. It could be a guy that the Detroit lions key in on if they end up with a uh, doing or succeeding this year and having a pretty good season, they could couple whatever pick they get with that pick from the Rams and hopefully move up. Um, it's going to be hard to get some of those top guys, but Richardson's floating in as like the number third or fourth guy off the board in next year's draft. And it could be interesting to see how high his stock rises this upcoming season. And then our final bit of college football news at Florida State ruins Brian Kelly's Louisiana debut. Um, as most of you know, I am a huge Notre Dame fan and I loved seeing this. And, you know, ever since Brian Kelly took off, went to went to LSU, it has been comical he developed a random southern accent within the first couple days in louisiana he was dancing on light boxes to garth brooks's baton rouge and i loved nothing more than seeing this team come so close to tying it up but just getting uh that tie snatched from him at the last second if you didn't watch the game florida state had the ball third and goal minute and a half left they do a toss play to try to get in. They fumble the ball, give LSU the ball. LSU drives the length of the field with no time left. LSU score uh, scores a touchdown. They go to kick the extra point, gets blocked. Florida State wins the game. You couldn't have asked for a better ending to Brian Kelly in or for his first game. Like the way he's left his last two. Uh, jobs the way he left Cincinnati in the dead of the night, the way he leaves Notre Dame in the dead of the night when they have a shot to make the college football playoff. I do not feel bad for this SOB. Like, have fun. Hopefully, you do absolutely nothing. We'll see you back in Grand Valley here in a couple of years. Next, we're going to move on to some WWE news. Like I told everyone last week, WWE Clash at the Castle this last Saturday afternoon from Wales. Uh, Roman Reigns did retain his WWE Universal Championship against Drew McIntyre. The newest member of the bloodline, Roman's cousin... Solo Sikoa makes his WWE debut, aids Roman Reigns in winning his WWE Universal Championship match, and continues Roman's reign uh, with the title. Uh, reports are coming out. He will not be defending the championship for quite some time, something that us WWE fans have gotten used to with guys like Lesnar holding the belt and just not defending it for three-plus months at a time. Um, some they need to change soon. Uh, us WWE fans are not going to stand for this continuing of never having the belt on TV. Um, although I've said many times, I think the Roman Reigns storyline is the best thing on WWE right now. They got to figure out a way to get another champion on Raw. Um, 
it will be interesting to see what lies ahead for the WWE with all these changes they've been going through since Triple H uh, took over creative, but a very solid main event match. Tyson Fury w- uh, gets involved a little bit. You'll have to go check out the show on Peacock to see that. Um, in other news from the card, Gunther and Sheamus, like I told everybody last week, had an instant classic, a hard hitting match. Uh, a ton of European talent in this match. Gunther gets the win, uh, retains his Intercontinental Championship against Sheamus. And this probably is the best match WWE has put on all year so far. Just a nice hard-hitting match. I told everybody out there last week on Spinebuster Sports Presents, Gunther can wrestle his ass off. They put him in there uh, against a guy that'll take good care of him with Sheamus, and they shine in this match. Stole the show, in my opinion. Uh, Go out of your way to go get onto Peacock, watch this match, see just how talented these two guys are and uh you'll be blown away i guarantee it uh other big news coming from clash at the castle dominic mysterio turns on edge and his father ray mysterio and then uh tonight as we're recording this on monday night raw joins the judgment day gives a nice low blow to edge his uh quote-unquote father ray mysterio uh, starts talking to him, gives a nice clothesline to him, joins Judgment Day on Raw, and I think this is a great turn for this storyline. Like I said, I thought uh, Judgment Day would get the win. They did not. Edge and Rey Mysterio got the win, but they get the last laugh as Dominic joins them. Uh, he's been growing out his nice mullet, looking like his real father, Eddie Guerrero. LOL to all the real pro wrestling fans out there on that one. And I think it'll be a nice way to further this storyline, uh, get Ray mixed up at in it uh for a while edge may like disappear for a little bit and then come back in the future but it'll be an interesting where they take this match next you know dominic mysterio i believe he's 18 19 years old now uh extremely young not much experience uh you can see just him being around the wrestlers how he has grown just in his stature uh so far with working out um but it seems Dominic Mysterio is going to be quite the WWE superstar. They have nothing but time, but time to give this kid. Uh, they can bring him along slow, and I, I'm sure one day we'll be talking about Dominic Mysterio being the WWE Universal Champion uh, years down the road. Uh, another big happening tonight on Raw that we'll talk about real quick: Braun Strowman, the Beast among Men. Uh, returns tonight clears the ring with eight men looks amazing uh it'll be interesting i like i everything is it'll be interesting to see how they uh book him going forward he is a absolute beast but they have a lot of beasts they can put him with they can put him with Seamus. they can put him with gunther it looks like he's gonna be on raw so maybe he won't uh mix it up with those two that much but it will be interesting to say the least going forward with another big return happening. And it, uh, the more and more we hear more of these returns are going to keep happening. You know, uh, it seems as we'll get to all out in the next, uh, part here in a second, Malachi black may be leaving AEW. He took a bow after his match Sunday night. Um, if he is being released by AEW and taking off, I imagine we will see him back in WWE. His wife is there, uh, Zelina Vega, and 
we could see some interesting things coming from him again. You know, his best work we've seen in the U.S. so far was definitely on NXT when Triple H was in charge. So it'll be interesting if they can bring that character back to life again uh, on the main roster. Um, and that does it this week for our WWE uh, catch up. We're going to hit some AEW all out now. Not a ton to talk about. They really packed this card full. There was 15 matches. They cut a lot of the matches short. The casino ladder match, as we talked about last week, had some good action. Um, the Joker won it. It was a masked figure. He got the uh, poker chip hanging at the top of the ladder and Grabbed it, got the match. We would find out later in the night who he was during the Punk and Moxley match. Uh, great match, told a great story uh, with Punk's injured foot and all the issues he had had go, uh, getting uh, getting the win over Moxley after he had lost the championship just a few weeks ago to Moxley on Dynamite. Uh, in the rematch, Punk... Punk gets the win, and the Joker is revealed to be, are you ready for it? Drum roll. MJF, as we predicted last week, he did make his comeback. He won the casino ladder match. He reveals himself at the end. Him and Punk will go on to face each other at some point for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And... You know, still the hottest heel in the game. I think he's going to end up being a babyface before he knows it and probably doesn't want to be, but he is going to be the hottest babyface in the land once he makes that turn and wins the AEW championship. So once again, AEW making some uh, big news going forward with MJF finally returning. Um, but the really big news from the show came after the fact uh AEW always has a media scrum after all these big shows. The wrestlers talk to the media. CM Punk was discussing his win with Tony Khan uh, when they started asking him questions about his former best friend, Colt Cabana. And CM Punk uh, kind of took some shots. He took shots at Hangman Page. He took shots at the Young Bucks, took shots at Kenny Omega, all of which who were uh, executive vice presidents of AEW. Um, apparently after punk left his portion of the media scrum, there was an altercation that took, uh, that took place backstage between the young bucks and punk. There were, uh, some punches thrown. There were chairs thrown. It'll be interesting to see how this works going, going on. The, there's been reports that the EVPs have asked to, uh, asked to leave, threatened to leave. Uh, I, We'll find out hopefully here soon if this is just storyline or if this is actually legitimate things. But uh, the future for AEW also looking very interesting as we're talking about this AEW-WWE battle that will be going on. Maybe the new Monday Night Wars, if you will. But um, things look great for the world of professional wrestling going forward. Uh, I, as a fan... I'm very excited for the things that will be happening in the future when it comes uh, to pro wrestling. And I can't wait to see as we get into WrestleMania season, the real meat on the bone of the year of professional wrestling, how things play out, what matches we'll see at WrestleMania, how AEW will respond to the things WWE is doing. And it just, all it creates is for all of us watching at home and, uh, any pro wrestling fans should be 
extremely anxious to see what the future holds for the these two great promotions because they're both in great creative hands and it seems like pro wrestlers today are just getting better and better so i can't wait to see what happens next we now are gonna roll it over to our detroit tigers minute and then we're gonna come back from that and talk about the NFC. So we will be right back after the Detroit Tigers Minute here on Spinebuster Sports Presents. Welcome back to the show that will be coming to a halt in the next couple weeks. And thank goodness this shit show is coming to an end for this year. It's another Detroit Tigers Minute with Pound Cake. Tuesday, the Mariners sailed their happy asses into Detroit and pissed on everything to show their dominance. Losses 9-3, 5-3, and 7-0 to get the sweep once again and shut out for what seems like the 89th time this year. This also marks the first time Seattle has swept the Tigers in Detroit since 2012. Then the Royals graced us with their presence and reminded everyone at Comerica why we are last in the AL Central. Friday was the high spot for the week, winning 5-4 as Ryan Kreidler becomes the 15th player since 1901 to score two runs in his MLB, MLB debut without a single hit. Then we lose 12-2 and 3-2 to close out another disappointing series and drag this lifeless body of a team into another subpar week of baseball. Off to La La Land to take on Otani, Trout, Tony Dan's, and the rest of those angels in the outfield. Then we visit Kansas City where Brittany Mahomes won't be the most annoying thing in town after they see the way this team plays baseball. Join us again next week for more views as we, because we hate ourselves. It's the Detroit Tigers Minute with Pound Cake. And we're back on Spinebuster Sports Presents. This is the cake once again. We're going to dive into our NFC season predictions here in a minute. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about a couple documentaries I watched recently. Uh, HBO Max and Netflix both have great documentaries out right now on Woodstock 99. Uh, all the controversy surrounding the event, the terrible crimes that were committed, the riots that happened after the event, and all the great music that also happened at the event. So hit up Netflix and HBO Max and check out those documentaries. You will not be upset after watching them. They are very great and very informative. Uh, we're going to move right into... Uh, a new little segment. This one's brought to you by. And it's See More Live Music. Our See More Live Music of the Week is the Red Hot Chili Peppers live set at the 2022 Jazz Fest. I watched it uh, recently while I was drafting a couple fantasy football teams. I also saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers a couple weeks ago now at, uh, at Comerica Park. They put on a spectacular show. The set at Jazz Fest is just jam-packed full of all their hits. Uh, 
it's amazing to watch these guys play music and just the way they interact with one another still being like in their fifties, upwards of 60 years old and still killing it every single week. So go out of your way, go to YouTube. It's uh, the 2022 jazz fest set by the red hot chili peppers. Uh, enjoy. And right now we're going to dive in to our NFC season preview. We're going to start out with the NFC East. Uh, we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. For all intents and purposes, you uh, we assume the Dallas Cowboys will be reigning in the East as they have been for the last couple years. The Philadelphia Eagles has been have been nipping on their heels, making the playoffs last year and making some big moves in the offseason to try to get those weapons to put around Jalen Hurts, see if he's the real deal at quarterback. Uh, Dallas is going to open against Tampa. It's going to be a really tough game. Uh, they're at home, luckily, but I don't know if that'll be enough to get Dallas over the hump against Terrific Tom and the rest of the boys from Tampa. Uh, then they go to, or then they're home against Cincinnati. So they start off with two rough games. I got them going one and one after that. But Dallas also plays teams in the NFC East. Uh, another key, some key matchups for Dallas. Week five, they're at the Rams, and then they follow that up week six. Uh, at Philadelphia against the Eagles. Um, week 10, they're at Green Bay, which will be a tough one. They follow that up at Minnesota. And week 17, they're at Tennessee. They got a handful of tough games, but I see Dallas probably going about 12-5. and five. I see Dak taking those steps. They'll make the playoffs again. Uh, what they do in the playoffs, that'll remain to be seen. It's just that offensive line's not getting any younger. The defense is getting better, but that offense is just losing firepower. It'll be interesting to see if CDE Lamb can take those next steps to be a top-tier wide receiver. I know a lot of people draft him at the top of their fantasy football drafts, and you know everything we've seen so far from him would make you believe that he's ready to take those next steps, uh, but that remains to be seen, and we'll see it this year in Dallas. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a team that uh, made the playoffs last year, didn't do anything in the playoffs. I believe they got blanked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but like we've talked about Dallas, they play in the NFC East. Like uh, Some of the teams have gotten retooling. Washington added Carson Wentz at quarterback, so they should get a touch better. Uh, but I see this Philadelphia Eagles team, you know, they added A.J. Brown. They've made uh, good moves in the draft, made some uh, made some trades to acquire some new uh, players, and it should be interesting for them going forward. Uh, key dates for the Eagles, they will open at Detroit, a game I have them slated to win. Week five, they're at Arizona. They follow that up being home against Dallas week six after, before going in their bye week. They have week 11 day in Indianapolis against the Colts. Follow that up week 12, home against the Packers. Then week 13, home against Tennessee before closing out the uh, the last three weeks of their season at Dallas versus New Orleans and then versus the Giants. I also have the Eagles slated to go 12-5, and five, but Dallas will just narrowly edge them out to take the division championship this year. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the New York Giants, a team that 
kind of floundered. Uh, we you could see bright spots being uh, new, uh, newly acquired rookie wide receiver Wandell Robinson. It could be a bright spot for this team. Saquon getting back in the mix after being healthy once again. Can Danny Dimes continue to progress at quarterback? All be storylines heading into this season with the Giants. They open up at Tennessee and some of their key dates. Week five, they're at Green Bay. They follow that up week six, home against Baltimore. Their bye week is week nine. They have a matchup versus the Detroit Lions week 11, and then they're at Dallas week 12. And, yeah, not a ton from the New York Giants. I haven't slated to go 3-14, and 14, a pretty disappointing season again in New York, but uh, probably retool at quarterback in the next draft, and we'll see what happens with the Giants from there. And then another very uh, – team that I expect to be disappointing in the upcoming years, the Washington Commanders. Yes, they added Carson Wentz, and Wentz uh, hasn't been at the MVP form we saw him in uh, during that Super Bowl run they had in Philadelphia after Nick Foles took over. Um, oh, it came very close to making the playoffs last year with Indianapolis, but Indianapolis ships him out, and I, believe, I don't believe this – commander's team is as good as the indie team was that he came from uh some key the commanders will open home against the jacksonville jaguars uh, some of their key dates they're at dallas week four and they follow that up home against tennessee week five week seven they are home against the green bay packers and they follow that up at indianapolis week eight and then uh, week nine at home against minnesota before going on the road to philadelphia and like I said, I think it's just going to be another rough year for the, the newly anointed Washington commanders. Let's go commando, as they're saying there in Washington. And I have the commanders finishing a disappointing 4-13. and 13. Um, Also, perhaps looking for a quarterback next year. Like I said, I don't think Carson Wentz. I've seen, I think we've seen the best of him. I think now it's a mental game with Carson Wentz. He's been moved along so many times that maybe in his head he just doesn't think he can get it done anymore and um, see Washington kind of falling apart at the seams this year. So uh, run that down the NFC East. I got Dallas uh, winning the division, finishing 12-5. and five. Philadelphia making the wild card at 12-5. and five. The Giants finishing 3-14. and 14. And then the Commanders finishing 4-13. and 13. Uh, moving on to the NFC North, it'll be business as usual for the Kings of the North, the Green Bay Packers, as I have them slated once again to win the division and perhaps make a run for that number one seed. You know, a lot of people are talking that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any uh, weapons on offense. I think you're going to see Aaron Jones catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. But what this team is going to hang their hat on is going to be their defense. Uh, possibly one of the most talented defenses in the NFL. They have some of the best corners in the league. We, uh, we've seen guys like Rashawn Gary, who they spent high draft capital on a couple of years ago, uh, coming up and really uh, making an impact on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but like the secondary, no one uh, teams are going to have a lot of issues passing on the secondary. It's going to be a year where hopefully Green Bay's defense can keep them in games and Rodgers can do just enough to get them over the hump. But uh, you'll see a lot of Aaron Jones. You'll see a lot of A.J. Dillon. 
Alan Lazard could uh, make himself the number one option there in Green Bay. You've got guys like Romeo Dobbs, guys like Christian Watson who could make an impact. Uh, don't sleep on Bob Tunyon making an impact at tight end. Um, but looking at the Green Bay schedule, they're going to open at Minnesota. They have a week three meeting in Tampa with the Buccaneers. Um, week eight, they're at the Buffalo Bills. Week 10, they're home against Dallas. Week 11, uh, they're home against Tennessee. Week 12, they're at Philadelphia. Week 15, they're home against the Rams. Then week 16, they're at Miami. Finish off. Uh, home against Minnesota, home against Detroit. I have Green Bay finishing with a fourteen and three record. It might be, it might be a little bit of a homer pick for me. Probably more around like, let's say thirteen and four, twelve and five, like a lot of these teams we're going to talk about uh, here on out. Uh, but I see them winning the North again. Um, it's Green Bay just has a stranglehold in that division. If there's one team that can give them a little run for their money, I'm going to say it's the Minnesota Vikings, who we're going to talk about next. Uh, Minnesota returns Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Delvin Cook on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they have a new head coach coming in. Uh, Minnesota has been right there just, you know, needing a couple more things to go their way the last couple seasons. They could have really competed for the uh, division like we said, they're opening up home against Green Bay. Then they're at Philadelphia, and then they're home against Detroit, and then at New Orleans to start out the year. Some more key dates for them. Week 8, they will be home against Arizona. Week 10, they're at Buffalo. Week 11, they're home against Dallas. Week 15, they're home against the Indianapolis Colts. And then week 17, they're at Green Bay. Uh, like I said, Minnesota... You could see them improving. I still think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team, finishing with a 10-7 and record, just barely out of the playoff race. But a uh, good first year for a new head coach in Minnesota. Um, the future is uncertain when it comes to Minnesota. Will they keep Kirk Cousins? Uh, will Davlin Cook stay around Justin Jefferson? You know, they have a, they have they they're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson soon. It's, it's going to... Um, be different when you see things moving on in Minnesota in the next couple years. Uh, we're going to follow that with a team that I think is probably one of the more exciting teams to watch coming in this NFL season. It's the Detroit Lions. Uh, Dan Campbell has, uh, you've seen it on Hard Knocks. It's been great. Um, he's one hell of a coach. He really gets the most out of his players, knows how to motivate them for sure. Um, it'll be uh, great to see what he can do with this team going forward. Uh, they are going to have a rough, ro uh, rough row ahead of them for this year. Um, just because like we've been talking about on the show for the last year, how the Detroit lions are an up and coming team. I think there's still another season. They were two away from really making a splash. Uh, they open home against the Eagles. Some of their key matchups this year, week seven, they're at Dallas. They follow that up week eight home against Miami and then home against green Bay. Week 12, uh, they have a Thanksgiving day matchup against the Buffalo bills and most of their other schedules, just middle of the road teams because they play the bottom of all the division play this year. Uh, but I do have the Lions uh, being a middle of the road team too. Uh, nine and eight record. 
they two will just finish outside of the playoff race. They'll, uh, you know, kind of make a push and they'll be able to make a push in those last couple of weeks, but just come up short and, uh, it'll be a big jump. I think if you see this team go nine and eight, you're going to see a guy like Dan Campbell, uh, win, uh, coach of the year. Um, they'll have to make some big choices by the end of this year if they're going to keep Jared Goff or not. Uh, but acquisitions of guys like Jamison Williams, uh, DJ Shark, um, the uh, growth of a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, can this defense stay together and keep this team in games is probably going to be one of the bigger storylines for the Lions going into this year. Um, through the middle of this defense, it's really, really, really rough for them. You're going to see a lot of teams just pound, try to pound the ball right uh, up the middle. Um, hopefully that's a, something they address in the future, either through free agency or through the draft. But uh, like we've been saying for a year, the, the Lions are on the right trajectory, but I do think you uh, this season probably won't be their year to make the playoffs. I see them making a push next year once they decide uh, what they're going to do at quarterback. And then... In the cellar in the NFC North, last this uh, for the the North, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears, a team that, uh, other than their quarterback, Justin Fields, does not have a ton going for them. They do have Darnell Mooney, a good young wide receiver who has uh, taken the best of his opportunities there in Chicago. They have Dave Montgomery at running back, but the rest of this team looks dismal at best. Um, I'm not going to really run through the Bears schedule because things just don't look good for the Bears this season. I see them finishing at the bottom of the NFL, uh, a just terrible 1-16 record, which will be enough to earn them the number one pick in next year's draft, which uh, will be a, a fun storyline to watch considering the fact that they have a young quarterback uh, leading their team. So uh, the number one pick may be going to a team that does not need a quarterback. So maybe they can move that number one pick and try to obtain some more draft capital and get some more players and some more talent on that team to hopefully, uh, so Justin Fields isn't such a waste there in Chicago. So uh, finishing up with the NFC North, like I said, I got the Green Bay Packers finishing 14 and three, good enough to win the NFC North. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings finishing 10 and seven, the Lions finishing nine and eight, and then the Bears finishing at the bottom of the NFL in one and 16. Now we're going to move on to the NFC South. Uh, NFC South. Interesting this year, you saw a team like Atlanta trade away Matt Ryan, their uh, franchise quarterback brought in Marcus Mariota as they get guys like Desmond Ritter uh, ready to go. And then you have Tom Brady, who retired for a month, came back to Tampa Bay. The Saints are uh, continuing to try to figure out life after Drew Brees. And Carolina, Baker was good enough to beat out Sam Darnold. So we'll see what that means in Carolina. Um, We are going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, a team that uh, played in a Super Bowl two years ago, came a game away last year. I see them... uh, you know, same old, same old for uh, Tom and Tampa. 
They open um, at Dallas, where I see them getting a big win. Then they go at New Orleans versus uh, home against the Packers, home against Kansas City to open the season. A treacherous stretch of four games there in September to open the year for Tampa Bay. But as we know, Tom always keeps it going. Uh, some other key dates for him. Week 8, they're home against Baltimore. They follow that up. Week 9, home against the L.A. Rams. Then... Week 14, they're at San Francisco. Week 15, they're home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Week 16, they're at Arizona. And they finish off the year home against Carolina and at Atlanta. I have the Buccaneers uh, uh, taking a few, a couple steps back uh, this year, kind of, with a 12-5 and record. Um, Tom's just getting older. Eventually, he's going to have to quit playing football. He cannot play forever. So... We're going to start seeing some of the beginnings of that, I think, this year. The defense isn't going to be able to keep them in games the same way they have been. Um, I don't think we're going to see a ton of pressure from the rest of this division, though. I think where we're going to see that pressure come from uh, the Buccaneers is their out-of-division matchups like we went over. Uh, I don't see them getting over the hump in a lot of those, but they will win their division again with not much pressure from the rest of the field. Uh, next team we're going to talk about is the New Orleans Saints. Like I said, they're still trying to figure out life after Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, right now they have their answer at quarterback with Jameis Winston. They have put plenty of weapons around him. They have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. They have Jarvis Landry. Michael Thomas returns from his injury. Uh, they drafted Chris Olave, who could we could see with uh, coming with impact this year. But New Orleans has very underrated defense. I, w- I shouldn't really say underrated. They are one of the best defenses in the league, but I don't think a ton of people look at how uh, good that defense is because of the questions on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the Saints will be opening at Atlanta and then uh, traveling to Tampa Bay week two. Uh, some of their key dates, week six uh, matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals, followed by a week seven uh road trip to Arizona and then week eight they're back home against the Las Vegas Raiders week nine they're home against Baltimore and then week 10 at Pittsburgh week 11 home against the Rams and week 12 at San Francisco and then week 13 at Tampa Bay that's a gonna be a treacherous stretch for the Saints and that's why I do not have the Saints uh finishing anywhere near the top of the division. I have them with finishing with a seven and 10 record um, still being able to do things. They have a lot of talent on paper. Um, they're going to face Atlanta and Carolina twice. And we aren't quite sure what those teams are. Uh, they will give Tampa Bay a little bit of a push in uh, the games they have against each other, but I just don't see this team really making any big strides to make the playoffs. They'll finish middle of the pack and it's once again something uh, they continue to just try and see, try and retool after losing their uh, Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers, a team that added uh, Baker Mayfield, former number one pick in the offseason, a guy that I've never been high on. I think uh, there's no doubt that he's a born winner. He has won Everywhere he went outside of Cleveland, you know, in uh, high school and in college. But I just think his physical tools aren't enough to get him over the hump in the NFL. 
Uh, they do have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball there in Carolina. They have Christian McCaffrey returning from injury. DJ Moore continues to take these uh, next steps to be the next great wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but will Baker be able to lead this team to that uh to the playoffs, they will open a big game home against Cleveland. Uh, Baker taking on his former team. Um, there's going to be some bad feelings on both sides of the ball, so it should be very fun and exciting to watch that game to open up the season. Um, but some key matchups for Carolina. Week four, they're home against Arizona, and they follow that home against San Francisco week five, and then at the Rams week six, home against Tampa week seven. Uh Pretty rough stretch for them midseason. Week 9, they'll be at Cincinnati. Week 11, at Baltimore. Uh, follow that up week 12, home against Denver before they go into their week 13 bye. And they'll finish the season at Seattle, home against Pittsburgh, home against Detroit, at Tampa Bay, and on the road against New Orleans. Uh, this is another team I don't have finishing very well, uh, only with a 5-12 and 12 record for this upcoming season. I still think there's a lot of um, questions that they need to answer through the draft and still getting talent. Uh, but until Tom Brady retires, the NFC North, it belongs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for now. But uh, in the next upcoming years, it will be – uh, pretty sweet to see which team takes that next step to dethrone the Bucks once Tom finally retires. And then before we close out the NFC South, we're going to take a look at another, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that traded away their franchise quarterback and Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. They bring in Marcus Mariota. They drafted Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Um, Drake London, uh, wide receiver out of USC, they drafted with their first round pick. They've got Kyle Pitts returning, uh, Cordell Patterson. Uh, they have a in, or, uh, they have some young running backs on this team. Tyler Allegier um, was a, I believe, a fourth round pick who could end up pushing for the starting job this year. Uh, we're not going to, once again, this could be a team we're not going to spend a lot of time on. More questions than answers with this team. This is a team kind of. We maybe we'll see what they have in Desmond Ritter this year. And uh, once they go, we go following this season, they'll probably either have to decide if they're going to stick with Ritter, or if they're going to try their hand at drafting another quarterback. Um, I have them finishing with a three and 14 record. Sorry to my man taco for this one. It's going to be a rough year for you, buddy. Um, but we will, let's talk about some of the, matchups that you can look forward to this year like the week two matchup at the la raiders or your week five matchup at tampa bay followed by a week six matchup versus san francisco and then week seven at cincinnati you got a week nine matchup with the chargers a week 13 matchup with the steelers before you go on your week 14 bye week and then week 16 you got baltimore before you end the season Home against Arizona and home against Tampa Bay. So enjoy that uh, rough schedule you got there, Taco, and uh, start looking forward to that draft next year where hopefully you can find your next franchise quarterback. And then before we move into our last break and wrap up this episode, 
we are going to talk about the NFC South, a conference or a division that was very, very fun to watch last year as three of these teams made the playoffs. Uh, and it's a full possibility that we'll see th- all three of these teams make the playoffs once again this year. We're going to open up with the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. They add Allen Robinson on offense, lose Von Miller on defense, but most of their other defensive pieces are sticking there. Um, we'll find out very soon how healthy uh, Matt Stafford is going into the season. He had some uh, elbow and shoulder issues in the offseason. But um, you know, we should see this Rams team make another push for another run at the Super Bowl. They're going to open home against the Buffalo Bills, a matchup that a friend of the show, Liz Vaughn, will be at, uh, proudly wearing her L.A. Rams uh, gear. But uh, there are going to be tough stretches for all these teams this year. Um, the Rams have a stretch where they go week three at Arizona, week four at San Francisco, and then week five home against Dallas. It's a rough three weeks. They uh, – take their time off with a week seven bye, and then they follow that up uh, home against San Francisco at Tampa Bay, home against Arizona, at New Orleans, at Kansas City. Um, Then from week 14 to close out the season, they will be home against the Raiders at Green Bay, home against Denver, or at slash home against the Chargers, and then they close out against Seattle. Uh, I see the Rams... uh, you know, finishing with 12-5 12 and 12 and record, not quite enough to win the division this year for them. Um, like I said, they have a really rough stretch of games that they're going to play through a couple different points this season. So I think you're going to see a team or teams like the 49ers and Cardinals kind of take advantage of that this year with their non-division schedules Um vice versa with the Rams. The next team we're going to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers, a team – that was in the NFC Championship last year against the Rams. They open at Chicago. Um, they do have some uh, you know, rough stretches. They're going to face the Rams twice. They're going to face Arizona twice. They have a Week 7 matchup uh, home against Kansas City. They have a Week 10 matchup home against the L.A. Chargers. They play Miami this year. They play Tampa Bay this year. Um, they're at the Raiders week 17 before they finish the season against Arizona. I have them going 13 and four. I think even with Trey Lance at the helm, uh, Kyle Shanahan is a very smart, smart, smart head coach and will keep this team in it. This team's got a great defense. They've got spectacular offensive weapons and, uh, you're going to see Trey Lance, uh, you know, his first year at the helm at quarterback take this team to the playoffs and uh, push for a division championship. But the real division winner here in the NFC West this year, I think is going to be the Arizona Cardinals finally um, making it over the hump, winning the division, becoming the team to talk about in the NFC West. The Cardinals are going to open uh, home against Kansas city and then at the Raiders home against the LA Rams first three weeks of the season, a tough stretch to go through. Uh, they don't have Deandre Hopkins for the first six weeks. Um, they have, uh, continued to keep together this decent defense that they have to compete with these other NFC West teams. Um, 
They added Marquise Brown on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see what Rondell Moore has to offer these first couple weeks of the season without D-Hop out there. Um, James Conner doesn't have to share the backfield anymore. That should be interesting. My ball, Zach Ertz, uh, should see some looks at tight end, you know, for those uh, weeks with Hopkins out. But uh, this is the make it or break it year for Kyler and uh, Cliff, I think. You know, you really got to see them. Uh, They... I mean, Kyler did get paid already, but you really got to see him start making more progress uh, once they get to the playoffs. Uh, it, you know, it should be fun to see how much Kyler's studying his playbook since they had to add that into his contract. Um, but some other key matchups for them, they have a week five uh, matchup with Philadelphia at home. Uh, they go week 10 at the... Uh, at the Rams, home against San Francisco, week 11, and then at uh, or home against the Chargers, week 12, before heading to their week 13 bye. And then they finish out week 14, home against New England, week 15 at Denver, week 16, home against Tampa Bay, week 17 at Atlanta, and then week 18 at San Francisco. I have Arizona finishing with the same record as the San Francisco San Francisco 49ers 13 and 4 uh just narrowly beating them out winning the division on tiebreakers and then we're going to wrap up this NFC season preview with uh Joe Caputo's favorite team a team that won't see much winning this year the Seattle Seahawks this is a team that I uh, could challenge a team like the Chicago Bears for the worst team in the NFL uh the Bears do have a better quarterback than the Seahawks, but the Seahawks have better weapons than the Bears do. Uh, they open at Denver. It's Monday night. Russell Wilson, or no, home against Denver Monday night. Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. I don't see many good things happening for them other than the fact that Pete Carroll should know how to defend against Russell Wilson. Um, after that, they go week two at San Francisco. They have a date with the Lions week four. Uh they have a stretch week six where the back-to-back they go home against Arizona and then at the L.A. Chargers. Week 10, uh, day in Tampa against Tom Brady. Week 12, they're home against the Raiders, followed by week 13 at the Rams. Week 15, uh, they take on San Francisco, followed by a game at Kansas City week 16, and then they close the year out against the Rams. Um, Like I said, I have the Seahawks uh, pressing the Bears for that worst team in the NFL with a 2-15 and record. And uh, real quick, we will go over. We That means our division winners. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East, the Green Bay Packers winning the NFC North, and clinching the number one seed in the throughout the playoffs. Uh, we have Tampa Bay winning the NFC South, and then I have Arizona narrowly edging out San Francisco and the LA Rams to win the NFC West. Uh, right after this break from our great friends over at SkyMint Premium Cannabis, uh, we will talk about uh, those playoff matchups we have in the NFC. We'll talk about the NFC Championship matchup. We'll talk about who will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And then I'll give you a couple bold predictions on the upcoming NFC season before we wrap this show up and get you all uh, running out there for the rest of your Tuesday. Uh, this is Spinebuster Sports Presents and I'm the Cake, and we'll be right back after this message. Our friends at Skynet Premium Cannabis Company. 
Skyman Premium Cannabis. When your day's got you down and you feel like nada, go to Skyman Premium Cannabis and get a big bag of ganja. We're brought to you by Skyman Premium Cannabis of Portage, Michigan. If life has you down and you feel like you're in last, go to Skyman Premium Cannabis. They'll get you higher than a pterodactyl's ass. Skyman Premium Cannabis of Portage. That's right. Skyman Premium Cannabis of Portage is the official sponsor and supplier of The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Whether you're looking for some chocolate parfait number five, some Bing Bing OG, some Fatso, or some Slurricane, you can find it at Skyman Premium Cannabis of Portage. When life has you down and you don't want to front, go to Sky Mint Premium Cannabis. Pick yourself up a blunt. <laughs> Sky Mint Premium Cannabis. Portage, Portage, Michigan. Clearly, the guys love Sky Mint, and you can too. Whether it's pre-rolls, flour, gummies, wax, or anything in between. Go to SkyMint Portage and mention that you listen to The Feast to receive 10% off your order. Offer cannot be stackable with other discounts. Offer only available to those 21 years or older can offer only available at Skynet Premium Cannabis of Portage, Michigan. And make sure to tell them that you were sent by The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Welcome back. This is Spine Buster Sports Presents, and that's right. We are brought to you by Skymint Premium Cannabis of Portage. Go to Skymint, tell them you listen to some show called The Feast, and receive 10% off. Must be 21 years or older to redeem. Offer not stackable with other discounts and only available at Skymint Premium Cannabis of Portage. All right. Well, before we wrap this show up, uh, next week we're going to cover the first week of NFL football, talk about all the big news from that first week of the NFL. Uh, we'll probably talk maybe some little uh, more pro wrestling stuff. And I really don't know. Uh, another Detroit Tigers minute possibly for your laughing pleasure and uh, we'll see what comes in the next coming weeks of the show with all the changes that we're going through currently. Um, I do appreciate everyone who keeps listening to us. I know uh, things have been different these last couple of weeks. We'll get through it. We'll figure it out. The show may change a little bit, uh, but it's just what we got to do. We got to adapt. We got to keep moving on just like life. You know, sometimes you just got to move on and uh, keep it rolling and just do the best you can when you're the one doing it. So uh, moving back into our NFC talk, I've got, uh, as we went over all the records, I've got the Green Bay Packers getting the number one seed. I just feel that defense is going to be uh, stout and on point, and Rodgers is going to be able to do just enough to get Green Bay the win uh, week in and week out. Um, 
Uh, in the first round of the playoffs, we'll have the Dallas Cowboys uh, facing the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Dallas uh, Dallas will uh, face the 49ers again, uh, barely or barely narrowing out the Eagles to win the division. This game will be at home, but I see San Francisco getting the win in this game. Um, we'll also have Tampa Bay taking on the Rams, uh, a rematch from last year's divisional round playoff. I believe I spoke earlier and said the Ram or Tampa Bay came a game away from winning last year. That was not true. They actually lost in divisional round to the Rams uh, when they made Tom Brady bleed his own blood. But uh, I see the Rams getting past Tampa Bay. I think Tom, it, it's uh, Father Time's ticking on Tom over there, and I just think. We've already seen him have to take some time off because he's 45 years old and he's got a lot of shit going on. Uh, and I just uh, think we're starting to see the end of uh, Mr. Brady, uh, fo his football days being over as the Rams get past him. And then in our uh, last uh, wild card round matchup in the NFC, we're going to have the Eric we're going to have the Arizona Cardinals facing off against Liz Vaughn's favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I do still see the Eagles just not having enough to get past this very good Arizona Cardinals team, a team that wins the very competitive NFC West. At least that's how I, I have them winning it. Uh, so we've got Cliff and Kyler uh, winning that first-round matchup. That will end up making the matchups. It'll be Green Bay versus the Rams because they will be the lowest-seeded team left. And I have Green Bay getting past them. Green Bay, will. Uh, I have them slated to beat the Rams earlier in the uh, the season. And that'll punch Green Bay's ticket to another NFC Championship game where they will take on, once again, the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco will get it done against Arizona after Arizona narrowly beats them out uh, for the division title. And then you'll see uh, Trey Lance taking on Aaron Rodgers, and I think right there is going to be the difference. And you will see Aaron Rodgers finally, once again, taking the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl. Uh, last week we had discussed who the AFC uh, our AFC pick, so we will have that is right. Our boy Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills taking on the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, honestly, even as a Packers fan, I think our 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 main man. Josh Allen will get it done in the Super Bowl, and we will have the Buffalo Bills. You heard it here first. I know a lot of people are going to pick them, and I get it. Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl this year. Not heard it here first. They're the uh, odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. So, But we're going to jump on the bandwagon here, a bandwagon we've been on since last year, and our guy on a Buffalo is going to get it done. A uh, couple bold predictions for the NFC edition. Um, first bold prediction, even though it goes against uh, what we talked about all episode long, is the Detroit Lions make the playoffs. Uh, you know, go from one of the worst teams in the NFL to making the playoffs. I think it's fully possible. Um, there are going to be a lot of close games for the Lions this year. 
And if they can figure out to win some of those close ones that I have them slated to lose, they can easily turn the 9-8 and record I predict they will have into a record good enough to make the playoffs. And uh, my other bold prediction is that the Los Angeles Rams or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of these two teams will not be making the playoffs. I think it's more likely to be the Rams. Like I said, the NFC South, unless the Saints take a huge step forward, I think that division belongs to the Buccaneers. But I think it is fully possible. If we see a team like the Lions make that step up, one of these teams got to drop out. And I think it would be a team in the West just because that division is so much more competitive than, uh, let's say, the East, the North, and the South. So uh, that would be my guess is with them having that cusp record that we talked about earlier this episode, I see the Rams not making the playoffs. And uh, some quick predictions for... uh, the individual awards. Um, I'm going to predict Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP uh, just because if Green Bay can make this run in the playoffs, once again, win the division, you ha- pretty much have to give him the MVP. He's obviously the most valuable player on his team. He'd be the mo- uh, You could see Josh Allen also winning it. Uh, defensive player of the year, I think we're going to go back and give it to TJ Watt again. I think he's going to that he's going to keep that defense uh, rocking and rolling there in Pittsburgh. Um, Offensive rookie of the year. I think we see a guy like Brees Hall for the Jets win it. He's going to get a lot of opportunities this year. Uh, Maybe Kenny Pickett if he gets to uh, end up starting some games. Possibly a guy like Drake London. Uh, Defensive... Rookie of the year. Um, it's possible to see a guy like Kyle Hamilton, a guy who is going to be uh, seeing a lot of deep balls against him um, with this great Baltimore defense. You could see uh, Kyle Hamilton really make an impact very early on. Uh, yeah. So, or, you know, maybe a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, maybe Hutch can rush the quarterback, you know, uh, kind of get this Detroit Lions team a little further ahead in the rebuild than where uh, I believe they are at, but still on the up and up. Um, And yeah, so uh, that's about going to do it for this week on Spined Up Buster Sports Presents. Uh, Keep following us. Uh, following us on Facebook. We haven't been doing a ton of posting lately. We've been uh, a lot of things in flux with uh, everything going on here at the show, doing some guest spots. Uh, check out the Talking Kayfabe podcast on Spotify. Uh, episode two, I do a little guest spot with my boy Jordan Lone Bear. Uh, we get together, we watch, uh, we do a watch along of Brock versus Rock from SummerSlam 2002. Uh, just about 20 years ago, we were a little late to it, but we had a good time talking pro wrestling uh, and just kind of BSing back and forth. I believe you can find it on YouTube as well. I'll put a link to that out on uh, the Facebook page. And uh, keep listening. Keep sharing. Um, remember, shop.spinebustersports.com is your place for everything. Uh, Spinebuster Sports and Pappy's Place merchandise. We're going to have the new Spinebuster Sports We're Taking Over t-shirts out there, the ones that look like the NWO logo. So that'll be fun if you want to grab a new Spinebuster Sports t-shirt. You know, we'll have them for Christmas coming up. 
And, uh, yeah, keep sharing. Um, I'm going to try to get some stuff together to do a giveaway. Uh, like I said, I'm working hard on Dry Bartender. That's really my passion project right now, uh, trying to get that up and going. But uh, still wanted to come in and uh, sit down with the people that have been listening to us uh, week in and week out here on The Feast or Spinebuster Sports Presents. Like I said, I apologize for the changes, and uh, please bear with us here as uh, we try to move through these uh, new terrains that we're seeing. And, you know, we may, like I said, we're probably going to, um, you know, kind of put some of the Michigan sports stuff off to the back burner now and uh, maybe go forward with some more pro wrestling. We'll definitely be covering NFL and college football. We'll still talk about that. I'm going to try to get a little bit more creative and make some funny stuff uh, for you guys to have here on the show. But uh, that's it for this week. So be sure to tune back next week here on Spinebuster Sports Presents, the newest creation by Spinebuster Sports. And get out there and Spinebuster Life. Really show life what it's all about. And uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you all here next week on Spinebuster Sports Presents, brought to you by Skyman Premium Cannabis Affordance.